0: Book eighteen, chapters thirty-two through thirty-nine of the City of God. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Darren L. Slider www.logoslibrary.org. The City of God by Saint Augustine of Hippo, Book Eighteen, Chapter 32 in his prayer with the song to whom but the lord christ does he say o lord i have heard thy hearing and was afraid o lord i have considered thy works and was greatly afraid what is this but the inexpressible admiration of the foreknown new and sudden salvation of men In the midst of two living creatures thou shalt be recognized. What is this but either between the two testaments, or between the two thieves, or between Moses and Elias talking with him on the mount? While the years draw nigh, thou wilt be recognized. At the coming of the time thou wilt be shown. Does not even need exposition. While my soul shall be troubled at him, in wrath thou wilt be mindful of mercy.' What is this but that he puts himself for the Jews, of whose nation he was, who were troubled with great anger and crucified Christ, when he, mindful of mercy, said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. God shall come from Teman, and the Holy One from the shady and close mountain. What is said here, he shall come from Timan, some interpret from the south or from the south-west, by which is signified the noonday, that is, the fervour of charity and the splendour of truth the shady and close mountain might be understood in many ways yet i prefer to take it as meaning the depth of the divine scriptures in which christ is prophesied for in the scriptures there are many things shady and close which exercise the mind of the reader and christ comes thence when he who has understanding finds him there His power covereth up the heavens, and the earth is full of his praise. What is this but what is also said in the psalm, Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens, and thy glory above all the earth? His splendour shall be as the light. What is it but that the fame of him shall illuminate believers? Horns are in his hands. What is this but the trophy of the cross? And he hath placed the firm charity of his strength, needs no exposition. Before his face shall go the word, and it shall go forth into the field after his feet. What is this but that he should both be announced before his coming hither, and after his return hence? He stood, and the earth was moved. What is this but that he stood for succor, and the earth was moved to believe? He regarded, and the nations melted. That is, he had compassion, and made the people penitent. The mountains are broken with violence. That is, through the power of those who work miracles the pride of the haughty is broken. The everlasting hills flowed down, that is, they are humbled in time that they may be lifted up for eternity. I saw his goings made eternal for his labours, that is, I beheld his labor of love not left without the reward of eternity. The tents of Ethiopia shall be greatly afraid and the tents of the land of Midian, that is even those nations which are not under the Roman authority, being suddenly terrified by the news of thy wonderful works, shall become a Christian people. wert thou angry at the rivers, O Lord, or was thy fury against the rivers, or was thy rage against the sea? This is said because he does not now come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. for thou shalt mount upon thy horses, and thy riding shall be salvation. That is, thine evangelists shall carry thee, for they are guided by thee, and thy gospel is salvation to them that believe in thee. Bending, thou wilt bend thy bow against the scepters, saith the Lord. That is, thou wilt threaten even the kings of the earth with thy judgment. The earth shall be cleft with rivers. That is, by the sermons of those who preach thee flowing in upon them, men's hearts shall be opened to make confession, to whom it is said, Rend your hearts, and not your garments what does the people shall see thee and grieve mean but that in mourning they shall be blessed what is scattering the waters in marching but that by walking and those who everywhere proclaim thee thou wilt scatter hither and thither the streams of thy doctrine what is the abyss uttered its voice is it not that the depth of the human heart expressed what it perceived The words the depth of its fantasy are an explanation of the previous verse, for the depth is the abyss, and uttered its voice is to be understood before them, that is, as we have said, it expressed what it perceived. Now the fantasy is the vision which it did not hold or conceal but poured forth in confession. The sun was raised up and the moon stood still in her course, that is Christ descended into heaven, and the church was established under her king. Thy dart shall go in the light, that is, thy words shall not be sent in secret, but openly. For he had said to his own disciples, What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in the light. By threatening thou shalt diminish the earth, that is, by that threatening thou shalt humble men. And in fury thou shalt cast down the nations, for in punishing those who exalt themselves thou dashest them one against another. Thou wentest forth for the salvation of thy people, that thou mightest save thy Christ. Thou hast sent death on the heads of the wicked. None of these words require exposition. Thou hast lifted up the bonds even to the neck. This may be understood even of the good bonds of wisdom, that the feet may be put into its fetters, and the neck into its collar. Thou hast struck off in amazement of mind the bonds, must be understood, for, he lifts up the good, and strikes off the bad, about which it is said to him, Thou hast broken asunder my bonds, and that in amazement of mind, that is, wonderfully. The heads of the mighty shall be moved in it, to wit, in that wonder. They shall open their teeth like a poor man eating secretly.' For some of the mighty among the Jews shall come to the Lord, admiring his works and words, and shall greedily eat the bread of his doctrine in secret, for fear of the Jews, just as the gospel has shown they did. And thou hast sent into the sea thy horses, troubling many waters, which are nothing else than many people, for unless all were troubled, some would not be converted with fear, others pursued with fury i gave heed and my belly trembled at the voice of the prayer of my lips and trembling entered into my bones and my habit of body was troubled under me he gave heed to those things which he said and was himself terrified at his own prayer which he had poured forth prophetically and in which he discerned things to come For when many people are troubled, he saw the threatening tribulation of the church, and at once acknowledged himself a member of it, and said, I shall rest in the day of tribulation, as being one of those who are rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. That I may ascend, he says, among the people of my pilgrimage, departing quite from the wicked people of his carnal kinship, who are not pilgrims in this earth, and do not seek the country above. Although the fig-tree, he says, shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, and the labour of the olive shall lie, and the fields shall yield no meat, the sheep shall be cut off from the meat, and there shall be no oxen in the stalls. He sees that nation which was to slay Christ about to lose the abundance of spiritual supplies, which in prophetic fashion he has set forth by the figure of earthly plenty. And because that nation was to suffer such wrath of God, because, being ignorant of the righteousness of God, it wished to establish its own, he immediately says, Yet will I rejoice in the Lord, I will joy in God my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will set my feet in completion. He will place me above the heights that I may conquer in his song. To wit, in that song of which something similar is said in the psalm, He has set my feet upon a rock, and directed my goings, and put in my mouth a new song, a hymn to our God. He therefore conquers in the song of the Lord, who takes pleasure in his praise, not in his own, that he that glorieth let him glory in the Lord. But some copies have, I will joy in God my Jesus, which seems to me better than the version of those who, wishing to put it in Latin, have not set down that very name which for us it is dearer and sweeter to name. Chapter 33 Jeremiah, like Isaiah, is one of the greater prophets, not of the minor, like the others from whose writings I have just given extracts. He prophesied when Josiah reigned in Jerusalem, and Ancus Martius at Rome, when the captivity of the Jews was already at hand, and he continued to prophesy down to the fifth month of the captivity, as we find from his writings. Zephaniah, one of the minor prophets, is put along with him, because he himself says that he prophesied in the days of Josiah, but he does not say till when. Jeremiah thus prophesied not only in the times of Ancus Martius, but also in those of Tarquinius Priscus, whom the Romans had for their fifth king. For he had already begun to reign when that captivity took place. Jeremiah, in prophesying of Christ, says, The breath of our mouth, the Lord Christ, was taken in our sins, thus briefly showing both that Christ is our Lord and that He suffered for us. Also in another place he says, This is my God, and there shall none other be accounted of in comparison of him, who hath found out all the way of prudence, and hath given it to Jacob his servant, and to Israel his beloved. Afterwards he was seen on the earth, and conversed with men. Some attribute this testimony not to Jeremiah, but to his secretary, who was called Baruch, but it is more commonly ascribed to Jeremiah. Again the same prophet says concerning him, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise up unto David a righteous shoot, and a king shall reign, and shall be wise, and shall do judgment and justice in the earth. In those days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell confidently, and this is the name which they shall call him, Our Righteous Lord. And of the calling of the nations which was to come to pass, and which we now see fulfilled, he thus spoke. O Lord my God, and my refuge in the day of evils, to thee shall the nations come from the utmost end of the earth, saying, Truly our fathers have worshipped lying images, wherein there is no prophet. But that the Jews, by whom he behooved even to be slain, were not going to acknowledge him, this prophet thus intimates, Heavy is the heart through all, and he is a man, and who shall know him? That passage also is his, which I have quoted in the seventeenth book, concerning the New Testament, of which Christ is the mediator. For Jeremiah himself says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will complete over the house of Jacob a New Testament, and the rest which may be read there. For the present I shall put down those predictions about Christ by the prophet Zephaniah, who prophesied with Jeremiah. Wait ye upon me, saith the Lord, in the day of my resurrection, in the future, because it is my determination to assemble the nations, and gather together the kingdoms. And again, he says, the Lord will be terrible upon them, and will exterminate all the gods of the earth, and they shall worship him, every man from his place, even all the isles of the nations and a little after he says then will i turn to the people a tongue and to his offspring that they may call upon the name of the lord and serve him under one yoke from the borders of the rivers of ethiopia shall they bring sacrifices unto me In that day thou shalt not be confounded for all thy curious inventions which thou hast done impiously against me. For then I will take away from thee the naughtiness of thy trespass, and thou shalt no more magnify thyself above thy holy mountain. And I will leave in thee a meek and humble people, and they who shall be left of Israel shall fear the name of the Lord. These are the remnant of whom the apostle quotes that which is elsewhere prophesied. Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. These are the remnant of that nation who have believed in Christ. Chapter 34. Daniel and Ezekiel, other two of the greater prophets, also first prophesied in the very captivity of Babylon daniel even defined the time when christ was to come and suffer by the exact date it would take too long to show this by computation and it has been done often by others before us but of his power and glory he has thus spoken I saw in a night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man was coming with the clouds of heaven. And he came even to the Ancient of Days, and he was brought into his presence. And to him there was given dominion, and honour, and a kingdom, and all people, tribes, and tongues shall serve him. His power is an everlasting power which shall not pass away, and his kingdom shall not be destroyed ezekiel also speaking prophetically in the person of god the father thus foretells christ speaking of him in the prophetic manner as david because he assumed flesh of the seed of david and on account of that form of a servant in which he was made man he who is the son of god is also called the servant of god he says and i will set up over my sheep one shepherd who will feed them even my servant david and he shall feed them and he shall be their shepherd and i the lord will be their god and my servant david a prince in the midst of them i the lord have spoken And in another place he says, And one king shall be over them all, and they shall no more be two nations, neither shall they be divided any more into two kingdoms, neither shall they defile themselves any more with their idols, and their abominations, and all their iniquities. And I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned, and will cleanse them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. And my servant David shall be king over them, and there shall be one shepherd for them all. Chapter 35 There remain three minor prophets, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi, who prophesied at the close of the captivity. Of these Haggai more openly prophesies of Christ in the church thus briefly thus saith the lord of hosts yet one little while and i will shake the heaven and the earth and the sea and the dry land and i will move all nations and the desired of all nations shall come the fulfilment of this prophecy is in part already seen and in part hoped for in the end For he moved the heaven by the testimony of the angels and the stars when Christ became incarnate. He moved the earth by the great miracle of his birth of the Virgin. He moved the sea and the dry land when Christ was proclaimed both in the isles and in the whole world. So we see all nations moved to the faith, and the fulfillment of what follows, and the desired of all nations shall come, is looked for at his last coming. For ere men can desire and wait for him, they must believe and love him. Zechariah says of Christ and the church, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout joyfully, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king shall come unto thee, just and the Saviour, himself poor and mounting an ass, and a colt the foal of an ass. And his dominion shall be from sea to sea, and from the river even to the ends of the earth." How this was done, when the Lord Christ on his journey used a beast of burden of this kind, we read in the Gospel, where also as much of this prophecy is quoted as appears sufficient for the context. In another place, speaking in the spirit of prophecy to Christ himself of the remission of sins through his blood, he says, Thou also by the blood of thy testament hast sent forth thy prisoners from the lake wherein is no water. Different opinions may be held consistently with right belief as to what he meant by this lake. Yet it seems to me that no meaning suits better than that of the depth of human misery, which is, as it were, dry and barren, where there are no streams of righteousness, but only the mire of iniquity. For it is said of it in the Psalms, And he led me forth out of the lake of misery, and from the miry clay. Malachi, foretelling the church which we now behold propagated through Christ, says most openly to the Jews in the person of God, I have no pleasure in you, and I will not accept a gift at your hand. For from the rising even to the going down of the sun my name is great among the nations, and in every place sacrifice shall be made, and a pure oblation shall be offered unto my name, for my name shall be great among the nations, saith the Lord. Since we can already see this sacrifice offered to God in every place, from the rising of the sun to his going down, through Christ's priesthood, after the order of Melchizedek, while the Jews, to whom it was said, I have no pleasure in you, neither will I accept a gift at your hand, cannot deny that their sacrifice has ceased, why do they still look for another Christ, when they read this in the prophecy, and see it fulfilled, which could not be fulfilled except through him? And a little after, he says of him, in the person of God, My covenant was with him of life and peace, and I gave to him that he might fear me with fear, and be afraid before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth, directing in peace he hath walked with me, and hath turned many away from iniquity. For the priest's lips shall keep knowledge, and they shall seek the law at his mouth, for he is the angel of the Lord Almighty. Nor is it to be wondered at that Christ Jesus is called the angel of the Almighty God. For just as he is called a servant on account of the form of a servant in which he came to men, so he is called an angel on account of the evangel which he proclaimed to men. For if we interpret these Greek words, evangel is good news, and angel is messenger. Again he says of him, Behold, I will send mine angel, and he will look out the way before my face and the lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come into his temple even the angel of the testament whom ye desire behold he cometh saith the lord almighty and who shall abide the day of his entry or who shall stand at his appearing in this place he has foretold both the first and second advent of christ the first to wit of which he says and he shall come suddenly into his temple that is into his flesh of which he said in the gospel destroy this temple and in three days i will raise it up again and of the second advent he says behold he cometh saith the lord almighty and who shall abide the day of his entry or who shall stand at his appearing But what he says, the Lord whom ye seek, and the angel of the testament whom ye desire, just means that even the Jews, according to the scriptures which they read, shall seek and desire Christ. But many of them did not acknowledge that he whom they sought and desired had come, being blinded in their hearts, which were preoccupied with their own merits. Now what he here calls the testament, either above, where he says, My testament had been with him, or here, where he has called him the angel of the testament, we ought beyond a doubt to take to be the new testament, in which the things promised are eternal, and not the old, in which they are only temporal. Yet many who are weak are troubled when they see the wicked abound in such temporal things, because they value them greatly, and serve the true God to be rewarded with them on this account to distinguish the eternal blessedness of the new testament which shall be given only to the good from the earthly felicity of the old which for the most part is given to the bad as well the same prophet says ye have made your words burdensome to me yet ye have said in what have we spoken ill of thee ye have said foolish is every one who serves god and what profit is it that we have kept his observances and that we have walked as suppliants before the face of the lord almighty And now we call the aliens blessed, yea, all that do wicked things are built up again, yea, they are opposed to God and are saved. They that feared the Lord uttered these reproaches, every one to his neighbour, and the Lord hearkened and heard, and he wrote a book of remembrance before him, for them that fear the Lord and that revere his name. By that book is meant the New Testament. Finally, let us hear what follows and they shall be an acquisition for me saith the lord almighty in the day which i make and i will choose them as a man chooseth his son that serveth him and ye shall return and shall discern between the just and the unjust and between him that serveth god and him that serveth him not for behold the day cometh burning as an oven and it shall burn them up and all the aliens and all that do wickedly shall be stubble and the day that shall come will set them on fire saith the lord almighty and shall leave neither root nor branch And unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise, and health shall be in his wings. And ye shall go forth, and exult as calves let loose from bonds. And ye shall tread down the wicked, and they shall be ashes under your feet, in the day in which I shall do this, saith the Lord Almighty. This day is the day of judgment, of which, if God will, we shall speak more fully in its own place. CHAPTER 36 after these three prophets haggai zechariah and malachi during the same period of the liberation of the people from the babylonian servitude esdras also wrote who is historical rather than prophetical as is also the book called esther which is found to relate for the praise of god events not far from those times unless, perhaps, estrus is to be understood as prophesying of Christ in that passage where, on a question having arisen among certain young men as to what is the strongest thing, when one had said kings, another wine, the third women, who for the most part rule kings, yet that same third youth demonstrated that the truth is victorious over all. For by consulting the gospel we learn that Christ is the truth. From this time, when the temple was rebuilt, down to the time of Aristobulus, the Jews had not kings, but princes, and the reckoning of their dates is found not in the holy scriptures, which are called canonical, but in others, among which are also the books of the Maccabees. These are held as canonical not by the Jews, but by the church, on account of the extreme and wonderful sufferings of certain martyrs, who, before Christ had come in the flesh, contended for the law of God even unto death, and endured most grievous and horrible evils chapter 37 in the time of our prophets then whose writings had already come to the knowledge of almost all nations the philosophers of the nations had not yet arisen at least not those who were called by that name which originated with pythagoras the samian who was becoming famous at the time when the jewish captivity ended much more, then, are the other philosophers found to be later than the prophets. For even Socrates the Athenian, the master of all who were then most famous, holding the pre-eminence in that department that is called the moral, or active, is found after Estrus in the chronicles. Plato also was born not much later, who far outwent the other disciples of Socrates.' If, besides these, we take their predecessors, who had not yet been styled philosophers, to wit, the seven sages, and then the physicists, who succeeded Thales, and imitated his studious search into the nature of things, namely Anaximander, Anaximenes, and Anaxagoras, and some others, before Pythagoras first professed himself a philosopher, even these did not precede the whole of our prophets in antiquity of time, since Thales, whom the others succeeded, is said to have flourished in the reign of Romulus. When the stream of prophecy burst forth from the fountains of Israel in those writings which spread over the whole world so that only those theological poets Orpheus Linus and Musaeus, and it may be some others among the Greeks, are found earlier in date than the Hebrew prophets whose writings we hold as authoritative. But not even these preceded in time our true divine, Moses, who authentically preached the one true God, and whose writings are first in the authoritative canon, and therefore the Greeks, in whose tongue the literature of this age chiefly appears, have no ground for boasting of their wisdom, in which our Religion, wherein is true wisdom, is not evidently more ancient at least, if not superior. Yet it must be confessed that before Moses there had already been, not indeed among the Greeks, but among barbarous nations, as in Egypt, some doctrine which might be called their wisdom, else it would not have been written in the holy books that Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, as he was, when, being born there, and adopted and nursed by Pharaoh's daughter, he was also liberally educated. Yet not even the wisdom of the Egyptians could be antecedent in time to the wisdom of our prophets, because even Abraham was a prophet. And what wisdom could there be in Egypt before Isis had given them letters, whom they thought fit to worship as a goddess after her death? Now Isis is declared to have been the daughter of Inachus, who first began to reign in Argus, when the grandsons of Abraham are known to have been already born. CHAPTER Thirty-Eight. If I may recall far more ancient times, our patriarch Noah was certainly even before that great deluge, and I might not undeservedly call him a prophet, for as much as the ark he made, in which he escaped with his family, was itself a prophecy of our times. What of Enoch, the seventh from Adam? Does not the canonical epistle of the apostle Jude declare that he prophesied? but the writings of these men could not be held as authoritative either among the jews or us on account of their too great antiquity which made it seem needful to regard them with suspicion lest false things should be set forth instead of true for some writings which are said to be theirs are quoted by those who according to their own humour loosely believe what they please but the purity of the canon has not admitted these writings not because the authority of these men who pleased god is rejected but because they are not believed to be theirs nor ought it to appear strange if writings for which so great antiquity is claimed are held in suspicion seeing that in the very history of the kings of judah and israel containing their acts which we believe to belong to the canonical scripture very many things are mentioned which are not explained there but are said to be found in other books which the prophets wrote the very names of these prophets being sometimes given and yet they are not found in the canon which the people of god received Now I confess the reason of this is hidden from me, only I think that even those men to whom certainly the Holy Spirit revealed those things which ought to be held as of religious authority, might write some things as men by historical diligence, and others as prophets by divine inspiration, and these things were so distinct that it was judged that the former should be ascribed to themselves, but the latter to God speaking through them, and so the one pertained to the abundance of knowledge, the other to the authority of religion. In that authority the canon is guarded, so that, if any writings outside of it are now brought forward under the name of the ancient prophets, they cannot serve even as an aid to knowledge, because it is uncertain whether they are genuine. And on this account they are not trusted, especially those of them, in which some things are found that are even contrary to the truth of the canonical books, so that it is quite apparent they do not belong to them. CHAPTER thirty-nine. Now we must not believe that Heber, from whose name the word Hebrew is derived, preserved and transmitted the Hebrew language to Abraham only as a spoken language, and that the Hebrew letters began with the giving of the law through Moses, but rather that this language, along with its letters, was preserved by that succession of fathers. Moses indeed appointed some among the people of God to teach letters before they could know any letters of the divine law the scripture calls these men grammatis agoges, who may be called in latin inductores or introductores of letters because they as it were introduce them into the hearts of the learners or rather lead those whom they teach into them Therefore no nation could vaunt itself over our patriarchs and prophets by any wicked vanity for the antiquity of its wisdom, since not even Egypt, which is wont falsely and vainly to glory in the antiquity of her doctrines, is found to have preceded in time the wisdom of our patriarchs in her own wisdom, such as it is. Neither will any one dare to say that they were most skilful in wonderful sciences before they knew letters, that is, before Isis came and taught them there besides what for the most part was that memorable doctrine of theirs which was called wisdom but astronomy and it may be some other sciences of that kind which usually have more power to exercise men's wit than to enlighten their minds with true wisdom as regards philosophy which professes to teach men something which shall make them happy studies of that kind flourished in those lands about the times of mercury whom they called trismegistus long before the sages and philosophers of greece but yet after abraham isaac jacob and joseph and even after moses himself At that time indeed when Moses was born Atlas is found to have lived, that great astronomer, the brother of Prometheus, and maternal grandson of the elder Mercury, of whom that Mercury Trismegistus was the grandson. End of book eighteen, chapters thirty two through thirty nine. Recording by Darren L. Slider, Fort Worth, Texas, www.logoslibrary.org